This morning, I have a longing, a longing for more of Jesus this morning. We have a few written requests. I believe Brother Jonathan is away ministering this morning. Also, Brother Ben, we want to keep them in our prayers today. Uh, Brother Jacob is sick and not feeling well today. We'll remember him. Also, Sister Debbie Miller is very sick. and asks for prayer. We want to remember her in our prayers this morning. I think that's all the requests this morning, but I'm sure there's other needs. If you just make those known by an uplifted hand, God sees what our needs are in the search. Good to see Haven back with us this morning. God bless you. Amen. Welcome. Amen. Uh, amen. I mean, he's looking forward for something special today. The Lord to do something. If you didn't come expecting, you should. You shouldn't have came. You just, why? Why are you here? Just to, to fit in, and or to be seen, or something? But we come expecting. To hear something from the Lord this morning, and to feel His presence, that ought to that ought to get you excited this morning. Let's let's go to the Lord in prayer as we get into the service this morning. Heavenly Father, as we we humbly, Lord, we come before Your presence today. We just want to thank You, Lord, that You've given us another opportunity that we can gather, Lord, together, shoulder to shoulder with soldiers of like faith, Lord, and to worship You in spirit and in truth, Lord. We have a longing in our hearts for you this morning, Lord, for more of you and for your presence, Lord. The world has fallen apart as we see it, Father. And Lord, there's just very little of you here. It's the bride, Father. It's the only thing that's holding this world together. But I heard the prophet say this morning she's going to be burnt with fervent heat. And there'll be a new heavens and a new earth, Lord. We're just so looking forward to what you have in store for us, Father. Why would we want to stay in this so sin cursed world, Lord. But we want to be spend eternity with you, Father. We pray that you'll just touch each request this morning that was written, every uplifted hand. You know what the need was under the hand, Father. We invite you, Lord, be with us today, and we'll give you the praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, I want to go ahead and give the announcements so I won't forget them this morning. We're going to have a, a muffins for mothers. 
uh, next Sunday at 10 a.m. in the Fellowship Hall. And the mothers are invited to come with their children and the youth for a special Mother's Day. And if you have any questions, uh, contact Sister Amber or Sister Carol about that. Also, uh, don't forget that the youth banquet is coming up in two weeks, uh, May the 26th through the 28th. We're looking forward to that. And also, today's offering will include the building fund offering. So you just mark that separately. That That's what that's for when you give your offering this morning. Help me not to forget anything else, Lord. I need you today. Amen. Let's sing this. Give me flat. Well, I've laid up my treasures in that home above. Trusting, fully trusted in my Savior's love. Doing what I can for heaven's holy love. Oh, I'm getting ready to leave this world. Getting ready to leave this world. Oh, I'm getting ready for the gate of pearl. And I'm keeping my record right. What
anything in this world that can hold me here. What has value that would make you want to stay here? Amen. I don't know the thing. Let's sing this. I believe it's in uh, give you So let's just praise the
why we're here this morning is to praise the Lord. Give him all the glory. I guess I'm singing all these songs about going home and, and all this because I've been listening to the message, future home of the heavenly bridegroom and the earthly bride. These who eyes have not seen nor has ears heard what the Father has got in store for his bride. Amen. Makes us have that longing we sung about this morning, doesn't it? Amen. But while we're here, let's just let's just stand still and let God move. Amen. Amen. Let's sing that this morning. I believe it's been The Father has a plan, though it's hard to see it now. Feel your walking, I'm sorry, long. But he is there, no doubt, when the storm around you rages and you're tossed to and fro. When you're faced with life's decisions, not sure which way to go.
hard to understand why that's so hard on human flesh, but it is just to stand still. You want to jump in and do something awful bad yourself, but you just got to stand still and let God move. The answer will come, but it's in his time. Praise the Lord. I had this song I haven't heard in, in 40 years probably this last week uh, pop up in my head, and Brother Matt actually in, inspired me to sing it. Because I, I've never seen a time where I ask anything. He's always there to help. And I, any, I've, I've watched it with everybody, not just me. He's always there. And I said, like, oh, if I could just help somebody. I don't know if you know that song, but it's an old, old song. If I could help somebody, then my living will not be in vain. Let's sing that together this morning. <clears throat> We're going to try anyway. Musicians had every bit of five minutes training this morning to learn it. If I could help somebody as I pass along, if I can cheer somebody with a word or a song, if I can show some. they're traveling wrong then my living shall not be in vain if you know it help me see it this morning oh then my living shall not be I travel alone, then my living shall not be in vain. And if I could do my duty as a Christian could bring back beauty to a world abroad. If I can spread love's message that the master taught, then my living
as I travel alone, then my living shall not be in pain. Can we sing the chorus together one more time? Think about it. All in my living shall That's the truth this morning. If we could just help somebody. Satan has got us so busy and tied up in our own thing. All we can see is the person we see in the mirror every morning, ourselves, and what we have and what we need. But we could just look around and just help somebody. Just turn to somebody this morning, why don't you, and say, God bless you. I love you and I appreciate you. You're my brother. You're my sister. Why don't we sing that again? Oh, you're my brother, you're my sister, so take me service today just give unto the Lord I know he'll bless every effort my computer is acting up today for some reason whatever that thing was brother Trevor he left it up here it's still attacking machines this morning it's trying to hide from me but I think I have a memory this morning a little well I think I do so pray I do I know one thing sister Dory Celebrate her birthday. Was it Wednesday night? And see, got away. But I said, you ain't going to get me twice, devil. So this morning I'm going to get her. Happy birthday, Sister Dory. And then uh, 
think it's Annalise Norrod is celebrating her birthday this week. And sister, that one right there. <laughs> I lost it completely. <laughs> Rachel Moe celebrating her. I'm sorry, Rachel. You know I know your name, right? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Don't ask me what your name is because I can't tell you right now. But happy birthday, Sister Rachel. Let's give them all a hand. This and I'm sitting here just looking at Believer's Tabernacle, and that's all I can think of is Believer's Tabernacle. Can't even think of names this morning, but anyway. Sister, you. <laughs> Abby. <laughs> Could you sing for us this morning, if you would? It's your mama's fault, not mine, okay? So go ahead and sing this morning, if you will. I promise I know your name. It just takes it a while to go through all the channels to get there. Thank you. 
determined this morning, I'm going up yonder, I'm going in the rapture to be with my Lord. And then let's stand together as we invite our pastors. Welcome back, Sister Wanda, this morning, too, who's away. Amen. We're just looking forward to what the Lord has got in store for us today from his word. His promises light my way and never lead my feet astray. Amen. But let's sing this if you will. Oh, my hope is in the Lord from this time. Along to you. What a wonderful privilege we have today to have a place of anchor, a place where our souls are tied to the Lord Jesus Christ. In my journey to church this morning, I thought about the many people, cars going everywhere, folks out in their yard mowing their grass just to think we have a place that we can gather to give respect and honor to our Lord Jesus Christ to know what he has done for us and what a sacrifice that was that we can gather this morning to worship him in spirit and in truth if the brethren will come this is the tithe you give to the Lord and I'm sure he'll bless you you got a song Oh, we're gonna lift him up. We're gonna lift him up. Till he speaks from eternity. Oh, if I, if I be lifted up from the earth, oh, I will draw all men. 
lifting up Jesus Christ. We can look to him and draw strength uh, this morning. Appreciate our musicians and the song today. Thank you, Abby. God bless you. Hallelujah. We're going up yonder by the grace of God. Well, we love you. We're glad to be back home with you. Enjoy a nice little time away. And I tell you, I had fried chicken and collard green every way and every fashion you can have it. Hallelujah. On our way home, I told Sister Deanna, so we're going to have to detox all this fried chicken, you know, people in the South, they could really do it up. Yes. Every menu had every different style of fried chicken. I think I tried it all. But praise the Lord. It's good to be home. Happy to be with you in the house of the Lord. Thanking the Lord for some wonderful years we've had together, Dan and I, in this congregation. Yes. You've been the most part of that with us. Amen. So we thank God for that. You know, I was thinking back, I really, we didn't really have a life, you know, and Dan and I, we got married and we went right into the ministry. Just our entire life has just been dedicated to the church, start pastoring so young and everything. But what did I know? But thank God he was able to bring us through and we're here today by God's grace. Appreciate you now. Let's go into the book of Deuteronomy chapter 26. Let's remember those that are traveling the sick amongst us. Pray the Lord will just minister to every need uh, in the body of Christ. Let's remember the youth banquet that's coming up, Memorial Weekend. That will actually be the Friday night will be a regular service. It will be a revival for the church and also for the youths. So Friday night, Sunday morning, and Sunday evening will all be regular services. So we'd like for you to come out and support the service. Youth banquet will be on Saturday. And then, of course, all the services will be geared towards the youth. But we so enjoyed Brother Joe the last time, and I believe we're going to have another Wonderful time in the presence uh, of the Lord. In the book of Deuteronomy chapter 26, I want to take a portion of scripture there uh, to read. And I've chosen this passage and particularly, uh, of course, this speaks of the law of the offering uh, of the first fruits. But it also serves as a great uh, background and history of the journey of the Israelites. So I just sort of pulled out some of the um, uh, context here. and We'll read um, verses 1 through 9. And it shall be when thou art come in unto the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee for an inheritance, and possesseth it, and dwelleth therein, that thou shalt take of the first of all the fruit of the earth, which thou shalt bring of thy land that the Lord thy God giveth thee, and shall put it in a basket, and shall go unto the place which the Lord thy God shall choose to place his name there. And thou shalt go unto the priests 
that shall be in those days and say unto him, I profess this day unto the Lord thy God that I'm come unto the country which the Lord swear unto our fathers to give us, for to give us. And the priest shall take the basket out of thine hand and set it down before the altar of the Lord thy God. And thou shalt speak and say before the Lord thy God, a Syrian ready to perish was my father. And he brought and he went down into Egypt and sojourned there with a few. And became great, and there became a great nation, great and mighty and populous. And the Egyptians, evil entreated us and afflicted us and laid upon us hard bondage. I want you to, I want you to pay particular attention to uh, this, this passage here uh, in verses uh, 5, that this was all part of the journey. This, 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 this process was not an easy process. When we read the beginning of this chapter, we're, we're, saying, we're seeing the ultimate promise in uh, manifestation. But in the process of this to the promise, there were some, there were some things that happened. And he's, he's given this, the writer's given description of all of this. He said that there were uh, evil, the evil uh, entreated us and afflicted us and laid upon us hard bondage. You see, this is all part of the journey. This is all part of the, of the process uh, on your way to the promise. We must keep that in mind. And when we cried unto the Lord God, our fathers, the Lord heard our voice. And look on our affliction and our labor and our oppression. You see, there's, there's several key elements that's mentioned in this passage that tells us that uh, it wasn't an easy journey. It wasn't an easy journey, but the Israelites had a choice. They could have stayed back in Egypt or they could have followed uh, Moses led by the pillar of fire. It's a choice. It's a choice that we have as Christians. To be a Christian is not easy. To be a Christian is not a smooth road. It's not an easy road. It is a hard road. But the end result is astronomical. Praise God. These same people, no one forced them into this journey. Moses gave the invitation. And do you realize there were, there were a great number of Israelites that chose to stay back in bondage and slavery and oppression and all of these things. But it was all part of the journey. I want you to think about that. It was all part of the process. And I know many Christians may say, well, I'm a Christian. I shouldn't be suffering with depression or oppression or anxiety or all these other elements of life. That's a good, sure sign that you are a Christian. Because remember, the enemy knows who you are. He has marked your life. He knew that you made a choice to come out of Egypt and to walk in this pilgrim's way. Verse 8. 
And the Lord brought us forth out of Egypt with a mighty hand and with an outstretched arm and with great terribleness and with signs and with wonders. And he had brought us into this place and had given us uh, this land, even a land that floweth with milk and honey. What a scripture this morning. Praise God. If you have a need and you're feeling a little sick maybe or you've got a particular need, that's upon your heart. Would you lift your hands up? I want to pray with you this morning. Our Heavenly Father, we love you so much. As we have gathered into the house of God, the people have come. Today, Lord, many have been through hard trials and hardships. Many, Lord, life hasn't been easy for them. The hard knocks of life has has left a toll upon their minds and their memories. Some here are bearing deep scars upon their minds and in their hearts of life itself. And it was never intended to be easy, Lord, but you have promised that we will, if we will just cast all our cares upon you, that you will take them, Father, and you will lead us through. And sometimes it seems uh, so unfair to be walking through life with some of the uh, trials and uh, things that we have to face. But, Lord, I believe that your tender, loving hand has been with us. Sometimes it seems cruel the way that you lead us. But, Father, you have promised that you will bring us out to the other side. And the end result that we will dwell in a place flowing with milk and honey. In the newness of life, in the spring of life, where all things have become new again. Help us, I pray, today. Lord, you see every hand that was lifted. Behind every hand, there is a need. There is a particular need, Lord, whether it's mentally, emotionally, whether it's a sickness or some family dilemma, some domestic problem. I pray, dear God, that you'll hear my prayer and go to your people today and give them comfort. Ease their pain. Brush away the tears. Take them into your arms, Lord God, into your bosom and give strength to your people today. Have your way as I journey through the scripture with them for the next little while. Be with us, Lord. We surrender ourselves to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the church says, Amen. Amen. Praise God. You may be seated this morning. There is an old emblem written by George A. Young that go like this. In shady green pastures, so rich and so sweet, God leads his dear children alone. Where the water's cool flow bathes the weary one's feet, God leads his dear children alone. Some through the waters, some through the flood, some through the fire, but all through the blood. Some through great sorrow, but God gives a song in the night season and all the day long. Sometimes on the mount where the sun shine so bright, God leads his dear children alone. Sometimes in the valley, in the darkness of night, 
God leads his dear children alone. Through sorrow, though sorrow rather befalls us and Satan opposed, God leads his dear children alone. Through grace, we can conquer, defeat all our foes. God leads his dear children alone. And the chorus goes again. Some through the waters, some through the flood, some through the fire, but all through the blood. Some through great sorrow, but God gives a song in the night season and all the day long. When you think about these inspiring words, I can only conclude that they were births under tremendous testings of life. As you read each verse, it tells the story of what someone was going through. And I believe as the songwriter penned these words, it shares with us uh, today that it's, it's a matter of life. And we are not just single out. We're not just walking through life by ourselves. But there have been countless people before us. Patriarchs and many people in life who have experienced hardship. I want to give you my disclaimer of the message uh, this morning. In the process to your promise is a journey of your faith which involves testings and trials. And you can choose to be bitter and miserable at life and God over this. And take the alternative to quit on God and stop trusting in his omnipresent, omniscient, and omnipotent, which only worsens your journey in life and leads to substitutes that will only bring damnation and guilt in our lives. Or you can choose to patiently go through the process to your promise, knowing in the end that you shall promise possess your promised land. As I read this text this morning, it started off so beautiful, so poetic. All the Israelites were now at the arrival point of God's promise. And how now they were bringing into perspectives the statues that Moses had given to them. But while in this process, they begin to reminisce where they came from. The oppression and the enslavement and the evil that they faced. The misunderstanding, the rejection, how life was to them. But they concluded from the passage that God had brought them safely to a place flowing with milk and honey. 
It's a place of renewal, a springtime of their lives. But yet all of this was a process to bring them to the place that they're now enjoying. And I believe it is the same process to believers in this day. The choice is yours. You can become bitter. You can become sour at life because I'll tell you, life as it is for Christians or non-Christians, we deal with life and life carries a matter of disappointments, a time of sorrow, times of hurts, times of disappointment so grievously inflict upon us that sometimes we wonder where God is. And this is not only for Christians, but non-Christians today. But we have an alternative. And that is we know that God who has called us, he's able to see us through. He's able to sustain us through our hardships and our trials and the scars that has been upon our lives. And many times those scars are are there and remain there to remind us of the tender, loving hand of Jehovah upon our lives. In our text, God brought the Israelites out of Egypt into the promised land by a promise. However, there was a process to the promise. And in your journey to the promise... There will be moments of trials and testing, despair and disappointments, sicknesses, sorrows, resistance, uh, misjudged, uh, miscommunication, rejection. All is character molding today. Whether I choose to follow Jesus Christ or I chose to remain in Egypt, you are, if you're human, will be tested and tried. But I'm so thankful today that we have a resting place. We have someone that we can come to and empty out everything that is inside of us. We are not taking a substitute that leads us to a life of guilt and shame. But we can come to the master knowing that he knows all about it. You see, the end results are the compensation of your promise for all that you have gone through and will be going through. The journey will bring you to the greatest season of your life. But to that point of that season is a process. Tell somebody beside you, I'm in the process. I'm in the process. I want to remind you, it's a process. You don't just open your eyes, go to bed, and you arrive there the next day. It's a journey. Because even in a dream, it's a journey. You believe it? Yes, this journey will bring you to the greatest season of your life. Where God moves miraculously in your family, your business, your church, your finances, and in your own personal life, I want to say to you, you will arrive victoriously makes no difference of what it is you're dealing with right now. I want you to know that God has took one glance, a 
your life and he sees the beginning and the end. All we can see is a snapshot of life, but God has glanced at you. And he has sent me on this spiritual assignment to tell you that the end is better than the beginning. You believe it? The end is better than the beginning. As you mature in life, your love becomes mature. Oh, yes, the experiences that you have now, you will not trade uh, for any better days. The things that you've gone through and is going through has brought you to a place to where you're mature in Christ. You believe it? You see, a lot of things has happened to you recently. Things you had no answer for. Circumstances beyond your control. Things you would have never imagined what happened in your life. You have never calculated on these detours. You never thought you would be a victim of these things. You thought because that you give your life to Christ that everything is going to be smooth. But that's not how it is. In the process to your promise, oh, it is a journey of faith. You believe that? Oh, yes. You never thought you would be here. You never calculated on some of the things that happened to you. And when that happened to you, it may have been a surprise to you, but it never was with God. Hallelujah. He has calculated on every turn of your life. Where you are now today is no surprise to God. He knows your name. But it is a process to your promise. And in spite of the fact that you're going through the greatest trial of your life, God is in this journey with you to fulfill his promise. Imagine going through life without a spiritual support. Imagine going through life without knowing that God uh, can supernaturally intervene in your life. Man will fail you. In the best of their, of their knowledge, they'll fail you. But praise God, we have one that is greater than any human knowledge, any human understanding. His mastermind knows and has seen you in the journey. You believe it? Yes, God is with you in this journey. Think of this. Think of you are walking by yourself. Oh, friends, it's a frightening thought. But praise God, we have one that even when we can see him and feel him, we know that he's there with us. You believe it? Your promise is about to come to pass. Your dream is about to become a reality. You can choose to have an Egyptian mentality under the bondage of the mistreatments or the injustice that's been done against you. Or you can choose to say, I will not remain in Egypt one more day. I choose to walk out of Egypt today. I choose to leave it all behind me and move into a new season of my life. Praise
praise God. Yes, your confidence in God is not tarnished by your disappointments. Your hope is still alive even though Satan tried to kill it. And Satan has tried to destroy your faith and trust in God's promise. But you are still believing today. That if God said it, that he will do it. And if God spoke it, he shall bring it to pass. Hallelujah. It gives no room to doubt what God has said. You just have to keep in the forefront of your minds as part of the process. You believe it. Perhaps your faith is going through an eclipse. Your faith is in a dark place. And the power of darkness seems to eclipse everything around you. When you think of your spirituality, you seem to be in a dark place. When you think of your economics, you seem to be in a dark place. When you think of family matters, you seem to be in a dark place. When you think of your personal life, you seem to be in a dark place. And perhaps you're experiencing this form of an eclipse on your face. But I got news for you. An eclipse doesn't last forever. Because somewhere the sun is shining. And your purpose is getting ready to be manifested. God has sent me on an assignment to remind you that it's part of the process. Hallelujah. It's part of the process. Praise God. Brother Greg, when I read that passage and I see the Israelites, God's people, how God allowed them to be evilly treated, oppressed, miserably. Oh, their family uh, was abused. Their life was in bondage. But yet God led them through that pass. Yes. Sometimes it's through shady green pastures. But sometimes it's in the valley of the shadow of death. But this assurance we have that God who has led us through these places. He's able to bring us out to the other side. You're going through whatever it is that you're going through because it's part of your promise. Hallelujah. Remember that. Whatever it is that you're going through is part of your promise. And to get to the promised land, you can't go around it. You have to go through it. You believe it. How many love to see your promise? Well, you can't go around to your promise. There are no shortcuts to your promise. You're going through it. But you're not alone. Hallelujah. Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. What a promise we have. You see, when things go from bad to worse and we have reduced the fear and anxiety, remember the eclipse would last forever. Remember, it's not going to last forever. 
Uh, this spiritual eclipse is a dark hour when God seems to be absent from our lives. Well, God, where are you at? I'm praying for deliverance and you're nowhere to be found. I'm, I'm praying for a spouse and, and, and they're nowhere around. I'm praying for healing and, and then seem to be no healing. It seems as though the more I pray, the further you get from me. But you understand that God has to distance himself from us so he can bring us through the process. Because at the end of the process, he shows up. And when he blinds our eyes from us, he's closer to us than we ever imagined. You believe it? Yes. It's a season. And it happens most often during times of testings. As Satan moves in to try to obscure our vision of the Lord. Satan is attempting as strong everything in hell at you to try to send your faith into an eclipse of total darkness. But God has sent me to enlighten your minds that it would last forever. Hallelujah. And even though God has pulled himself back, he's nearer to us than ever before. He's trying to cause you, Satan is, to dismiss your promise. And we all get to that place. Through pain and suffering, we conclude to that. Well, maybe God didn't mean it. Maybe God, that was just my mind. Or maybe that was just a preacher. Or maybe I just got worked up in my imagination. Or maybe I'm expecting too much. Satan reasons with our minds. And causes us to dismiss our promise. Our text shows with nothing but a promise. Moses led the Israelites, children of Israel, out of bondage. And in the process, he encountered resistance, ridicule, sickness, and complex. I want to say to you today, and this may stumble you, but if there's a people that's in the land that has any greater claim on this matter that I'm going to speak to you on of complex, it's real Christians. Real Christians. The world receives a complex from a life itself and association and affiliation. We can even easily put ourselves into a hall because, first of all, we know we're Christians. Secondly, in ourselves, we come to the conclusion I shouldn't have a complex because I'm a Christian. But if there's any people on the earth that has a claim on complexes, it's a Christian. Because these complexes comes not to God, but against Satan, who's the attacker of your souls. Yes, in the process, we will encounter these things. Great complexes.
But it was all part of the process. I'm going to give you a couple of types this morning. I'm just taking my time like a teaching lesson this morning. I want you to look at the life of Elijah. That he was such a great figurehead in Israel. The spirit of Elias was upon this man. Elijah's face, the Bible would tell us, literally open and close and shut the heavens in First Kings. Let me show you how God brought him through the process to sustain his faith. You see, God parked him under a juniper tree. You see, at the time of his greatest blessing, immediately following that, what the time of his greatest trials, and I was thinking about this as my wife and I was away, and you know, I can't turn off the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. I found myself sneaking down to the hotel's vestibule and, and writing a sermon. And I hope she forgives me for this. But you see, it's the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. But here was a man had a great, great, great blessing. My, he had just challenged Ahab and his 400 prophets. He, uh, he was on a spiritual height, uh, but he knew, amen, he knew as a man of God that his faith must rest in not just the victories that was before him, but things beyond what he can see. You see, Satan knew the impact that Elijah's faith will have on Israel. So he orchestrated an attack through the wicked queen Jezebel. And this sent his face into a state of despair. I want you to watch this now. This was a prophet of God. An example of Israel. But God allowed this to happen to bring him through a process. I want you to notice, just think. It happened at the moment of Elijah's greatest triumph. He had just slain the 400 prophets, as I've said, of Baal, and, uh, and uh, raced on foot from Mount Carmel to uh, Jezreel. Elijah now fell into a deep depression. He had given up on life. He had given up on life. And if you're here today and you've been tempted to give up on life, you're not alone. And if you're here today and you've been tempted to just uh, quit, you're not alone. And if you're here today and you've been tempted to say, I'm weak, I can't go one more day, I say, Congratulations. Welcome. To the party of being a Christian. Because it's part of the process. He was pressed to the point that he began to uh, begin beg. He begged God to take his life. 
Here's a man anointed by the Holy Spirit. Slow uh, the, uh, the opposite parties. The heathens of that day that came against Jehovah. Now he found himself parked in a place of depression and uh, despair. Think of this now. This is realistic. He was pressed to the point that he begged God to take his life. And he told the Lord, just kill me. Just kill me. Can I get a witness? Just kill me. Just go ahead and just kill me. Wipe me off. Go ahead and finish me off. But it was in that hour of despair that God brought his servants, servants through a process to sustain his faith. The Bible will tell us that he sent an angel to prepare a meal for Elijah. It was so full of supernatural nourishments. It was sustained profit for 40 long days. Just one meal. All you need is just one word from God today. You believe it? Hallelujah. Praise God. He sent the ravens who prepared a meal so packed full of nutrients that Elijah never had a craving again to eat for 40 days. God is able to sustain us. God is able to sustain us. And you know when God did this? In Elijah's time of oppression. In Elijah's time of depression. In Elijah's nightmare of despair. God came right there to him. And said, I am here with you, Elijah. You believe that? Let me pass forward now. Jeremiah was a powerful preacher of holiness and repentance. A fearless prophet who had the mind of God and walk in the fear of the Lord. Yet as we read Jeremiah 20, we find this man suffering a horrible condition of despair, discouragement, and in a dark place of his life. Can I get an amen? The dark place that you're in doesn't mean it's the end of you. It isn't God's, it isn't God's face of disapproval. As a matter of fact, it's quite the opposite. That God would choose you to go through this process. While everybody else is blown past you. It seems like you're in a dark place. But praise God, in the morning it shall be light. You believe that? In the morning, it shall be light. Praise the Lord. Jeremiah was preaching at the temple gate where a, say, a Satan-possessed priest by the name of uh, Pasher marched up. And the Bible will tell us that he slapped the prophet's face. And uh, Pasher now ordered Jeremiah Dragged off and locked in a public stock where he was mocked before passing crowds. I'm just paraphrasing for you. As we pass forward, we notice when released, Jeremiah pronounced God's judgment 
on Pashur and his followers. Immediately, a darkness of soul descended on Jeremiah and he collapsed into discouragement. I want you to to notice this. Watch this. How this man that was a child of God, but yet God allowed this state of discouragement to overwhelming so much so and I was showing just a moment to where he would through pain and suffering and fear of his life even deny that his calling I want, you to, I want you to stay with me now he felt a dark feeling towards God he said Lord you deceived me we find in Jeremiah 20 verses 7 through 9 and I'm going to abbreviate this for you. Jeremiah said to the Lord, something along this line. The word you give me has become a reproach. Yeah. You see, Jeremiah was suffering from the ridicule, yes. the reproach. When he was thrown into stock and bonds. Yeah. Now he's released. He sends a judgment Upon his afflictors. And now he's dealing with God over the matter. Right. And he says, he says, God, uh, you, you, you give me, you, the word you give me has become a reproach. Every day I'm ridiculed. You've abandoned me. So I'm quitting on you. I'm not going to speak your word anymore. All your promises are empty. He said in more words than one, my life and ministry has ended in shame. You should have killed me in my mother's womb. You see this horrible despair, discouragement and dark place was a process to the next chapter to bring Jeremiah to his most effective ministry in his life. Always think of this, how God does things. If I was God, I wouldn't do that. Because I would think that's cruel. If I was God, I would think that's unnecessary. If I was God, I would think, Lord, I'm just going give to them, give them the easy way out. But some sort of water, some sort of flood, some sort the fire, but also the blood. Are you with me this morning? We understand in both... Uh, Elijah's and Jeremiah's life, God knew that in their time of darkness, he was in a process of bringing them to his perfect promise. He knew their cries and complaints came out of confusion and pain. And friends, we're all that way. We come to that place to where we become I saw dismay and despondence, and we began to accuse God. But you have to see it for what it is. It's only because we are in a state of confusion and pain and disarray. Because at the end of the day, you will throw your hands up and say, Lord, I still love you. I still love you. No matter what it is, I still love you. You see, Scripture makes it clear that for a single moment that God lifted his anointed from either of the prophets. 
Because you notice God went on to the next chapter without even referring to what Jeremiah complaints was. Or the prophet Elijah. God just passed on to the next chapter. I'm so glad, hallelujah, that God does not hold an account records of our shortcomings and our mistakes. He lets us go through the process and pass us on to the next victory. Hallelujah. Do you love him? Show me one record where God went back and even reprimanded Elijah for being dismayed and despondent and discouraged and even begged God to take his life. And so it was with Jeremiah. God never looked at that. God was looking at the finished product. God just moved on to the next chapter. And you need to move on to the next chapter in your life. Hallelujah. You need to move on to the next chapter in your life. You see, before Joseph goes to the palace, he first goes into the pit and then into prison. All Joseph had was a promise. But that promise brought him out of the pits, out of the prison, and finally into the palace. Am I talking to you this morning? That process brought him out of the pits, out of the prison, and into the palace. Hallelujah. Are there people today that's going to walk out of their prison cell? Walk out of their pits and enter their provided place. Before David became king, the Bible would tell us that he spent years running from a man who he's going to replace, King Saul. But in the end, what God promised came to pass. Hallelujah. In the end, what God has promised came to pass. Where are you at now is the question I want to ask you. It's not your end. Where you are right now is not your end. Praise God. I want to remind you this morning, where you are now is not your end. What you're going through right now is not your end. Hallelujah. You see, the pit was not the end for Joseph. Running from Saul was not the end of David. Egypt was not the end of the children of Israel. And the tomb was not the end for Jesus Christ, our Lord. So my message to you is where you're at, it's not the end. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. God has a greater plan for your life. That you can ever imagine. And you will have what God has said you will have this morning. You believe that? You will do what God said you will do. And you will become what God said you would become. Nothing can alter that purpose that God has placed upon your life. And you may not be there at this present time. But you're on your way, I want to say. You're on your way. Hallelujah. Where I'm at is not the end of my journey. I'm going to come through this. I'm going to go through the process of this. And I'm going to look back upon the Egyptians and see their dead bodies and rejoice in the Lord to know all of my foes are dead and drowned in the Egyptian sea. 
I hope I can celebrate that part of your life with you. I hope I'll be uh, blessed and honored to be able to shout with you when you're celebrating your blessings. Oh, praise God. You may not be there at this present time, but you're on your way, friends. You're on your way. Do not be fooled by the circumstances around you. Do not let the battle you're in distract you. Do not let the circumstances that you are facing redefine who you are. Remain who you are. Remain in the place that God has placed you. And stay there until he calls you out. You believe it? What he likes to do, he went into the cave. And he stayed in the cave. And there was an earthquake. There was wind. There was all these things. But Elijah never came out. But behind us, there was a still small voice. And the prophet then came out of his place. And I say today, there are people that will come out when God is finished with us. You believe it? Hallelujah. It's part of the process to get you to the promise. Quit focusing on what you are going through and begin to focus on where you are going. Quit focusing on what you do not have and begin to look at what you are going to have. Quit looking at where you are and start looking at where you are going. Quit looking at everything against you and begin looking at all the things that are for you. You believe it? You're going through all that you're going through because you're going somewhere. You cannot go somewhere unless you go through something. Otherwise, you are in a state of stagnancy. The worst thing for a believer is to not have any trials, to not have any testings, to not be ridiculed, to not be misunderstood. Uh, That's the worst thing that can happen to a child of God because it only testifies that you are in a state of stagnancy. But when you are in a process, it tells me that you are going somewhere. Israel, the Bible tells us, went through the fire and through the flood before they ever entered the promised land. Oh, praise God. May God give us grace to never complain and say, Lord, the trials that we are going through and the temporary things is just a tender, loving hand of Jehovah only because he has trust in me. Only because he knows that I will come out of this trial and bring glory and honor to himself. Therefore, he has confidence in me today. Look at Psalm 61 and 12. David would say, we went through the fire and through water. But thou broughtest us out into a wealthy place. You see, you may be in a fire. You may be in a flood. But you're on your way to a wealthy place. Hallelujah. A place of abundance and overflow. A place that is flowing with milk and honey. It's telling you that everything you've lost will be in renewal. It's in the springtime that the cows give their milk. 
It is in the springtime that the bees set forth their honey. And God is sending you a clear message that is getting to renew and restore everything that's been lost in your life. You believe it? The word wealthy in the Hebrew means saturated. Uh, The fire is temporary and the flood is temporary. The, uh, the setbacks that you're going through are only repositioning you for a comeback in Jesus' name. Praise God. God's not through with you. God's not done with you. I don't care what age you are, God's not done with you. You have too old to change. I'm too far gone for God to change it. God doesn't know our age. Come on now. He only knows us by representation. Hallelujah. God does not take records of our age. The only thing he takes records of is the number of our hair on our head. But there are no scriptures that tell us that God knows how old we are. We keep records of that. God doesn't. Whether you're 70 or 21, God treats you the same way. You believe it? Yes. Your struggles will not last forever. And your pain is not permanent. And you will not remain where you are forever. And you are in a struggle. That means Satan has not won. Believe it. If you are in a struggle, that means Satan has not won. Like Jacob, wrestle until the daybreak. You believe it. If you're in a struggle, Satan has not won over your life. If giants have been showing up in your life, it's a sign that you're about to enter your promised land or you have already entered. Praise God. You don't find giants anywhere else but in the promised land. Come on, church. It's only in the promised land where you're going to see giants. You believe it? The Bible will tell us that the 12 spies did not see any giants until they crossed into their promise. And just because giants are showing up in your life, it's not a sign that you're defeated. It's a sign you've entered into your promise. You believe it? Somebody shout amen. You've entered into your promise. They never saw a giant while in Egypt. I only saw giants when they entered into the land that God promised them. It's all part of the process to your promise. Aren't you thankful that God has chosen you to be part of that process? Hallelujah. I'm blessed, the song said. I'm blessed every day that I live, I'm blessed. When I wake up in the morning till I lay my head to rest, I am blessed. Every testing and trial is only bringing you closer to your promise. You've heard this many times. Time Tested Memorial, 1957. That's the way God does his church. He gives you trial after trial, test after test, trial after trial, test after test, until the life of Christ is reflected in your life. He's bringing you to the promise of a life that's worthy of the gospel. Yeah. The place flowing with milk and honey. That is 
the springtime of a new season in your life. This is the place where he has promised that he will bring you to. But there's a process that's involved to this final destination. Hallelujah. And when we do have the blessings from the promise, what do we do? We give God praise for it. Knowing this is not the end of our testings and this is not the finality of our Canaan's land. We have to move deeper into Canaan where more and much more of God's promises are laying. We can't just cross to the border of Canaan and say that we have arrived. We must push deeper into Canaan because we know the deeper we go, the way it's the place where the promise Lies that God has promised us. Do you believe it? This is the place that God is bringing us. And where you're currently at today, God is refining you to receive your inheritance. You are in the refiner's fire. And the purpose of God's refining, refining fire is for spiritual purification. you believe it? You never look at someone doing you injustice purifying we do quite the opposite why did they do that for no reason but God is purifying you hallelujah God is refining you you believe it he wanted to set apart a group of people having clean hands and pure hearts to worship and serve him alone and there is uh, a praise a song by Bryant uh, Durkin titled Refiner's Fire. It goes this way. The song says, purify my heart. Let me be uh, as gold and precious silver. Refiner's fire. My heart's one desire is to be holy, set apart for you, my master, ready to do your will. Malachi 3 and 2 uh, tells us, but who may abide in the day of his coming? And who shall stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire yes. and like fuller's soap. Yes. Verse 3, and he shall set as a refiner and a purifier of silver. And he shall purify the sons of Levi. And purge them as gold and silver that they may offer unto the Lord an offering in righteousness. It's God squeezing out of us a praise, a testimony. Why this trial, why this sickness, why why this injustice, why this long period of, of desolation, why this dismay, why this shadow, why this oppression, why this misery. And God is saying, I will be glorified. I will be glorified. Hallelujah. Do you believe it? God is using the refiner's fire and the soap of the word to wash his bride. Zechariah 13 and 9. And let me let me come to a conclusion. He said, I will bring the third part through the fire. And I will refine them as silver is refined. And will try them as gold is tried. And they shall call them my name. And I will hear them. And I will say, it's my people. And they shall say, the Lord is my God. Hallelujah. 
Remember the last few services, Hosea, uh, I, I believe chapter, chapter 6, he said, and after the second day, the third day, hallelujah, I will bring life. I believe there's some people, he said, I will bring the third part through the fire. There's some people in this age, a remnant bride, a Gentile bride, that's coming through the third part through the fire by the grace of God. You see, we experience God's refining fire through testings and trials. Isaiah calls this testing the furnace of affliction. Think about it. The furnace of affliction. Say, well, I thought God loved me. Why would God afflict me? That's why he did. Why is it sometimes that you have to inflict a certain discipline upon your children because you love them. Look at Isaiah chapter 48 and 10. He said, Behold, I have refined thee, but not with silver. I've chosen thee in the furnace of affliction. You see, this is through pain and suffering. And the Hebrew word for affliction is depression, Misery and trouble. Oh, bless God, I'm a Christian. Depression is of the devil. Depression is of God in certain circumstances. Because it is the only way that God can harness our mind and our spirit is through these dark shadows. I'm not speaking about demonic depression or demonic oppression. I'm talking about depression comes from God. Are you listening this morning? Depression comes from God. You believe it? He says it right there. I've chosen thee in the furnace of affliction. This is through pain and suffering. Think that God will allow me to go through depression and misery and trouble. And God, I thought you said you love me. God says, I do. I do. I can trust you. I can't trust everybody else. But I can trust you. I know that when I hit you with a trial or a storm, that you are going to come out. Hallelujah. And if, as the world would call it, a perfect storm, you still are going to come out. You know what that means? A series of unfortunate events. You are going to come out by the grace of God. Do you believe it? Hallelujah. God's testing is sometimes called chastening. In Revelation 3 19, Jesus said, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. You see, we are tested because God loves us and wants to make good as promised by a process today. And let me come to a conclusion in a message. Uh, approach to God. Brother Dummer's preaching on Job, telling about all the unfortunate events in his life, perfect storm that hit him. And then he concluded, he said, see, God wasn't rebuking Job. He was only purging him. Oh, I feel like shouting. He was only purging Job. Through all that Job went through, he concluded this profound view and trust in God. Look at Job 19 and uh, verse 21 as the musicians get ready to come now. Amen. Job 19 and 21. Brother Mark, if you'll come. This is what he said. This, think of this. Is this man in his right mind? 
must have really lost his mind. This is what he said. Somebody read it for me. My goodness. My goodness. I looked up that word uh, touch in the Hebrew and the Greek. You know what it means? God favored me. God blessed me. This is his conclusion of God. After God took his family, took his finances, broke his house down, took his wife. And he turned to the miserable comforters and says, oh, be easy on me, my friends. Go easy on me, my friends. For the hand of God has favored me. The hand of God has blessed me. See, God couldn't bless you, but he's blessed me. Let's read it together again. Uh, Job 19 and 21. This is what he said. Read it with me. For the hand of God had touched me. Hallelujah. Tell somebody beside you. The hand of God has touched you. Hallelujah. If you weren't his property, he could never touch you. If you weren't married to him, he could never touch you. Hallelujah. But because he loves you and he's married to you, he can touch you anytime. Hallelujah. Approach to God. Brother Branham say, Brother Branham, I'm a Christian and I got sickness now. I wonder why it came. God may be purging you. Amen. He gives you some trials to make you draw a little closer to him. Pray a while. Then heal you. And you can have a testimony. Oh, I love it. Then heal you on top of it so you can have a testimony. Tell somebody beside you, I'm working on my testimony. Hallelujah. Praise God. It's a process to your promise. As we all please stand to our feet in the, in the benediction of the service. I conclude with the scripture in 1 Peter 1 uh, verse 6 and 7. Wherein he greatly rejoiced. Though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. That the trial of your faith be much more precious than of gold that perishes. Though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Like Job said all, I love you. I still love you. I still love you. You sang it. We're going to sing it again. Amen. I still love you. Through all the trial, through all the, the temptations, through everything, you can conclude this morning. Your hand have favored me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The hand of God has favored me. God, I still trust you. Yes, yes, I still trust you. Sorry. Amen. My mind's just coming down from uh, the inspiration. Amen. Do you still trust him this morning? Do you still love him? Amen. Come, Sister Audrey. Amen. God is the one that's over all of our life. Satan can't make no decision about you. Anything that's happened to you, hallelujah, cannot happen until it goes through the permanent house of heaven. He said, but God would do that. I just showed you he did. To the patriarchs, to great men, great women. So why would he not trust us? As a matter of fact, I'm honored to be included in that commentary. Amen. As one of his servants in the last day. That someday somebody looked back upon it and said, my, 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 my. 
Hey, man, God did this to him, did that to him, did that to her, and this the other to her, but they still went to church. They still praise God. They still lift their hands. It's set it there that it might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the fear of Jesus Christ. Even so, come Lord Jesus. I still trust you. I still love you. Give us the words if you may. And we're going to sing it together as a choir this morning. Do you appreciate the Lord? Hallelujah. Forgive me, honey. I cheated on you. Amen. I built this sermon while we were on our anniversary. Every morning I snuck away, went down to the vestibule. I wrote a little bit on my phone. Amen. Inspiration will hit me and I write a little bit more on it. Amen. When I came home, hallelujah, I had this message ready for you. And I trust you've been blessed by it. Hallelujah. You love it. You love it. But you know, I don't think for one moment I fool that sweet lady. She knows the love of my life is Almighty God. Amen. I trust today I've made the message clear to you that whatever it is that you're going through, you're not forsaken. You're not a sinner. You've not been abandoned. Just because you're facing misery and depression and oppression and affliction doesn't mean you're not a child of God. Just because the tests are strong and the birth pains are closer don't mean you're going to die. You know what it means? In the morning, there's going to be a child born. Hallelujah. And all of the pain and the weeping is going to be forgotten. Because joy cometh in the morning. And weeping may do for a season. But you're getting to rejoice. Praise God. Let's sing it together. Amen. If you'll give us. Uh... I've seen righteousness suffer in pain. And it look like the wicked would go free. And in my frustration, it just didn't seem right to me. Can I get a witness? It's fine. You can get washed with full of soap this morning. for sunshine, but you sent the rain. I cried.
surrender to you we ask that the unseen hand of God will grab a hold of ours Lord and sometimes when we don't know which way to go Lord the way seems dark it seems like we're spinning out of control in a downward spiral oh Lamb of God we lift our hands to you Lord, we cry out to you, Lord. In the midst of our storms, in the midst of our trials, in the midst of the blizzard, oh, let my hand grab a hold of the power line, oh God. Oh, Lord Jesus, we love you today. We pray, Lord, that you're a goddess. You'll strengthen us. 
May the word that was spoken today penetrate deep into the realms of the spirit and lift up the weak and set the captives free today, Lord. Bless us, I pray, Father. We commit ourselves in this service into your mighty hand, knowing, Lord Jesus, at the end of the day, our faith looks up to thee. Thou, Lamb of Calvary, Savior divine. I love you, Lord. Bless this church. Help us all as we journey together. Not one soldier will be left behind, Lord. We're going to go back and bring them in. We're going to pick them up, Lord. We're going to reach out with your tender, loving hand. Even though we don't understand. And maybe through our pain we complain. And through our sorrow and misery. We have misunderstandings. We are by God's grace. A unified community. That will cross over into the promised land. Go with us Lord. Bless us. This morning is my prayer. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the church says. Amen and amen. God bless you today. We love you. Thank God for his marvelous grace and his love towards us. We pray that the message will continue uh, to strengthen you as you walk this life's journey. Remember the inspiration given by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. It takes time. It takes meditation. It takes hours of deep meditation for the scriptures to just begin to populate and surface in my spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. This is why I don't leave anywhere on Saturdays. I take that day from all week long studying. Amen. It's meditation. I just put those scriptures together by God's grace so you can benefit from them today. You love them? Aren't you thankful for a beautiful church God has given us? Aren't you thankful that we're not joined to a denomination? We have no headquarters. And Jeffersonville, Indiana is not my headquarters. My headquarters is in heaven. You believe it? Aren't you thankful? Just think this little independent church, we're not funded by a denomination, but by the free will giving of people like you. Hallelujah. So we can preach the truths and have a fine facility to where you and your family can grow in spiritual health and spiritual mind and a healthy body and mind. Thank God for this church. Thank God for you who have sacrificed and have given to be able to give us such a fine place that today we don't even owe a penny on it. Praise be to God. I don't have to subjugate myself to any denomination uh, bulletin so that my license will be snatched if I don't preach what they preach, but I can preach Jesus Christ. You realize the testimony of this church is astronomical to you, the people of God, who has worked hard to do this? There's many denominational churches are under the government to finance this and they're not at liberty. But we are by the grace of God under the liberty of the Holy Spirit to where we can praise God and serve God and have a ministry that we have with Sunday school teacher and deacons and, and song leaders and, and worship teams and, and media staff and, and everyone here in this local church. We're not just a little church tucked aside on the hill uh, somewhere that's forgotten. God has raised us up. Hallelujah. What he has done is not done in the corner, but he showed it off for the world to know that we are a people unified as a community together to serve him. God bless you. Thank you also for your giving. Have we done the billing fund? Okay, praise the Lord. Thank you so much. Your billing fund and such like still goes to the maintenance of this church. 
We still got some projects going. As you know, we, we suffered a terrible flood right after the construction. The insurance denied it. They wouldn't pay for it. So we're trying to make up time now to be able to um, get that fixed back up and all that for the banquet. So thank you for your giving. We've got some expenses coming up to take care of that. But God bless you. We love you. Uh, God is mindful of us. See, Satan didn't like what God did, but praise the Lord. He'll bring us out uh, victorious by his grace. Get the word out, young people. The youth banquet is going to be a blessing. Remember, I'm prophesying. Come, you're going to be blessed like you never been blessed. Get your friends. Get your neighbors. Get your enemies. Get your frenemies. Bring everybody to church. After we all leave, we're going to be friends. Amen. Shalom to you. I love you. Service will resume back here on Wednesday. Wednesday evening at 7 I'll be teaching again. And remember, I'll be taking smaller segments so you can receive it. No full length. Hour.